Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. iHeartRadio and WeWork present Art of the Hustle, a podcast series designed to inspire you and your life's work. It was like this light bulb went off. It's like, wait, you can create your own destiny? When you have a a dream and a vision and a goal, I think you have to picture it. Like, you just have to surround yourself in an environment where like-minded people will give you that shot. This is Nathan McCartney. You're tuned into iHeartMedia and WeWork's Work Radio. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode of Art of the Hustle presented by Emirates Airline. We're here with Fancy founder and CEO, Joseph Einhorn. Joe, do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Joe. I'm uh, the founder of the company. I'm the CEO of the company. And we've been doing it for almost nine years now. And I'm also the very happy father of three little boys and... uh, husband of a wife of many years as well nice nice so what is fancy so fancy at this point is a uh, e-commerce experiences company where um, we operate a few different business lines one of the uh, things that we do is we run a website called www.fancy.com we have an app on the google play store and the ios and a couple other different app stores called fancy and it's sort of a uh we like to think of it as kind of like the Amazon of cool stuff. And um, you see really kind of unique merchandise in, on, on Fancy. And then you also, the way the information is organized, kind of reminiscent of, of a social network or something like that, where uh, the, the consumers, they vote on items kind of popularity by fancying the items. So... Um, Consumers have profiles, like I have a profile, I'm fancy.com slash Joe, uh, and I follow people, people follow me, I fancy thousands of items, and I organize those items that I'm interested in buying, potentially, or dreaming about buying, I organize them into different little collections and lists and such, and we share everything, and ultimately, the users of Fancy are all organizing the information for everybody, 
And so it's it's a lot of fun. And ultimately, uh, we're driving some e-commerce where uh, consumers from all around the world, we ship to, you know, hundreds of countries. Uh, and we're in, you know, 40 plus languages. So if you're a consumer, uh, it's wherever I am in the world, whatever language I speak, uh, I can see all the coolest stuff I didn't even know maybe existed. And I can uh, add it all to my shopping cart and buy it all in one place and get it all delivered to me wherever I am. Let's take it back to the beginning. So you grew up in New York City in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? I grew up in New York City um, around the East Village area and uh, I was born in 81. So yeah, so the 80s was kind of like my childhood and I guess the 90s probably like more like my teenage years. And um, hmm, definitely um, at a certain point caught the bug around sort of like popular culture, aesthetics, shopping, but I didn't have necessarily money. So we, we got involved in sort of trading. There was like a little streetwear subculture at the time of trading and buying and selling and in other ways getting the like polo Ralph Lauren clothing and stuff like that. So that was kind of like uh, one of my first forays into um, entrepreneurship and also kind of like social networking around uh, products and things like that. But people who were in New York City at the time probably remember what I'm talking about. So just growing up in New York City, you kind of like kind of get exposure to everything, right? So you've had a couple companies prior to Fancy. Mm -hmm. What were the, what type of companies were they and how did you initially get started with them? So I actually I started working uh, when I was 16 years old. I was the first employee of a company that became Capital IQ, which is sort of a web-based Bloomberg that was bought by um, Standard & Poor's, McGraw-Hill, a big public company. That was a really fun time in making an internet company, or let's say a technology company, because internet wasn't like fully going. But it was a really funny time because you're, you're like building everything for the first time, infrastructure-wise. So I remember we were uh, doing um, a database in like uh, Oracle or SQL Server or something like that, and something wouldn't work. And at three o'clock in the morning, you call Microsoft or you call Oracle and you say, hey, I'm trying to do this uh, stored procedure or this query or something, and it's not working, and can you give me any support? And they're like, yeah, uh, it doesn't work. And we have no idea when it's gonna ever work again because uh, that's something new that uh, we're trying to figure out how to even do that. You would develop workarounds to these fundamental flaws in the um, underlying infrastructure of what would become sort of like the, the business internet. So starting a company 20 years ago in New York was a technology company was pretty radical and um, quite a bit of fun. And so did that for a long time and then um, I was involved in starting another company called Inform, it was a service for, for media companies. And so what we did was entity extraction and natural language processing um, and organizing of, of metadata for media companies. So like CNN and other great companies uh, were clients of ours. And the idea is you would like look at an article and certain topics or names would be linked in the article. And then you would click that link and it would uh, take you to um, to a landing page about that particular subject that was algorithmically created. And so that company lives on and 
from what I understand, continues to do well. I think they're a big partner for news organizations and um, with a heavy concentration now on video, which I think is was something that was like emerging when, when we were really working on that. So um, I've just been doing these startups for, uh, you know, 20 years, literally, in New York. This is my third one. And uh, I'm, like I said, I'm coming up on nine years in. So it's never a dull moment when you're trying to, you know, chase a dream. No, that's incredible. You mentioned starting at such a young age. Mm-hmm. What formal education did you have? Did you finish high school or where did you stop? So I started working when I was in high school um, and I went to the Bronx High School of Science and ultimately um, I was able to finish high school properly and um, I didn't go to college. I started uh, working full time at the first company uh, when high school was finished properly and that was important obviously. And then um, in terms of like formal education, you see, that's the trick and people, it's tough for me to give advice to people nowadays because it's, it's sort of weird. I grew up as a wannabe startup entrepreneur when this all was emerging. So the formal education is the nothing worked and my background is engineering, coding, because that was that was my way into this world. And, and at the beginning, remember, the beginning of doing a company 20 years ago where you wanted to, like, sell a service to somebody was database. And the database was, you know, doctor's offices would use... Um, Microsoft Access, and then um, larger enterprises would use either Oracle or SQL Server. And at the time, Oracle or SQL Server, they weren't designed for the broad internet usage. That, that They weren't designed with that in mind, really. So you kind of like had to like hack together an infrastructure where you could serve many, many clients at once, um, ultimately to the point, the way it is today, you know, the way we do stuff with data, um, sort of high availability and redundancy and stuff like that is unbelievable how it's done today. But my only formal training is that, you know, there wasn't websites and then there was, you know, I remember when I got my first job, they were looking for a college graduate who like studied like computers or something i was in high school like right in the middle of high school i was uh using things like photoshop and uh this thing called quark express to try to make newsletters and stuff like that like try to make physical newsletters and um i remember i wrote my name joey on photoshop and i put a wave through it like an ocean wave through it and then i put it on a website so I went to the job interview and they were like, so do you know about like Microsoft Access? Maybe we want to like get a little database going of like information. And I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I got a website. And they're like, what? You have a website? And I pulled up this website and they're like, you do graphics? And it was like something that you could do right now in less than a second. I mean, you just like literally 
open up one of these tools like Tumblr and it's just like completely done. But I, I spend a lot of time on it. I wish I could find that, but I can't. Um, and so the formal, you know, my formal education is there wasn't websites. Now there are. I was there in between. There wasn't dynamic websites. And then there were. And the move to the app world was like a huge step backwards in terms of what we were doing um, with web development. Like the, the concept of apps would go back to my earliest days of coding when we would, you know, use tools like Visual Basic to make Windows EXE file and distribute programs, applications, apps. So anyway, whatever. There was no apps. We made apps. I mean, I remember the first version of the app of this company eight years ago that I showed to Mark Andreessen was a... It was, we were at a golf course somewhere and it was a uh, app. This is when iOS, there were no apps. It was a SDK and they were like, let's see what happens with these apps. You know, there was a few Apple apps, but there was no iPhone apps. So like I built an iPhone app, not I, my colleagues and I, and then some people built an iOS app in conjunction with me. I said, hey, it would be good if we could please do this. And we did it. And then I showed it to him and it was like showing like some data about like the the golf course, like how many holes of golf, like what 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 hole we were near and how many yards and it was absurd. But you know, I remember showing it to him and say, We built an app, man. What about that? We built an iPhone app. And he was like, Ooh, you know, like I haven't seen that many of these yet. So my only formal training is I just got started early in life. Because as you're trying to, like, come up in the game of life, I'm not one of those people. There's no shortcuts. So, you know, the only way to do it is by being there. So i just been there for 20 years. And it just so happens during the 20 years that I was in that game, a lot of this stuff emerged. So I do know a lot about the fundamentals of how the Internet works because I was playing around with it at the beginning. And now let's hear from our brand partner. I feel like flying international now can be hard because like you don't know, one, if you can stay connected. Any flight over 10 hours can seem like an eternity. But I feel like with Emirates, it was really, really enjoyable. I'd love to hear more about your experience on there, and I can tell you about mine as well. Recently, I was flying back from India, and my flight actually got canceled. And I was able to rebook on Emirates. And I had never flown Emirates before, so I was a little nervous. And I walked on and it felt like heaven right away. I mean, there was Wi-Fi the whole time. Did you use the Wi-Fi for, for work? Yeah, I had been away for a few weeks and I hadn't had access to email on all my other flights. So on the way home, I was able to look at all the emails that I had amassed while I was away, which was amazing. I had a similar experience. The first time I walked on, I was like, wow, this is, this is not going to feel like flying. I mean, the whole time, I felt so comfortable and actually looked forward to the experience, which is not something I can say for other international flights that I've taken. No, um, I definitely want to reroute all my flights through Dubai so I can fly Emirates. Right. Every I feel like time. I would just go fly anywhere to be back <laughs> on Emirates. On Emirates. Now back to the art of the hustle. Does it ever amaze you going from looking back on that 
16 year old starting out who made this website to having an app that was the app of the year in the Apple App Store to having 15 million users on your uh, platform um, to raise over a hundred million dollars for your dream. Do you ever look back and say, wow, like who would have thought? This thing, this script kind of just like writes itself. That's something I always think like, I always um, wanted to do cool stuff with cool people. It's certainly possible as a young person to visualize some type of a dream and then try to work towards it and then to try to continue to work towards it. If you're in the mix and like you're working at a WeWork and you're not in a third world country where people don't have, you know, the support that they need to survive, you're in the mix, you're in the game. It's just a question of, you know, what are you willing to do? How much are you willing to give to, to try? But I'm just grateful that um, certain people along the way, from family when you're a child to bosses and colleagues and investors and uh, partners and clients and customers would let me, uh, you know, continue on the journey. Uh, that's great. Speaking of things that one could be grateful for, uh, you have a beautiful entrepreneurial wife. Mm -hmm. You have three young boys. You get to work with your brother, who's mm -hmm. the CTO at Fancy. Mm -hmm. How important is family to you and being able to uh, work in an environment where they're a part of it or they're an inspiration for what you do? So that's, that's a great question. And... Um, this is a really tricky subject because, you know, when you work on these companies, you have to pour yourself into these companies. I try to be a really dedicated dad and husband. And so um, I guess my life is just work and then family. And that's it. So, you know, it's just probably different than everyone has different lifestyles, but I love the lifestyle that that I have. Um, you know, it's probably just less friends and less things that I think normal people have because if there's any time in the day you want to go play baseball with the kids or you want to walk the baby or something like that. But my, my personal sort of schedule is in the morning, um, very, very early in the morning when most people might be sleeping, I walk the baby. And then I walk my older kids to school. And then I walk the Brooklyn Bridge to the office. And I work as long as I can. And then I walk home. And if my wife is up, we, you know, hang out and discuss the day and try to, uh, you know, tr try to be like, you know, somewhat normal people. And then, um, and I'll jump on the computer and I'll work at night. That's incredible to have an, a family that understands the stress that comes with this. For you, when do you get to unwind? Is it that walk from Brooklyn to Soho to and from work every day? Well, um, first of all, my work is very enjoyable. So that's, that's you know, work in itself is some one form of unwinding right because what, what are we talking about i'm selling amazing products to amazing people and trying to collaborate with great people so i get a lot of pleasure out of out of the job 
but uh, in terms of personal, you know, it's this one's a tricky one because, like I said, the this this company that I'm doing right now is sort of like a culmination of, of my personal interests. So it's like pop culture and commerce and aesthetics and uh, to some degree psychology, at least retail psychology. So, um, it's just, you know, what's people's definition, I guess, of unwinding? I'm, I'm older now, so like when I was a kid, I liked to play sports. Now I'll play sports with my kids. Yeah, you're a really unique individual. You're, you kind of represent a lot of the values of the common man, but yet you live a very interesting and unique life. Jack Dorsey's the godfather to one of your children. Kanye West is tweeting about being with you. Uh, David Blaine has you in the credits for his specials on TV. Julio Jones might be sitting beside you at a basketball game. What draws all these other really successful people from different walks of life to you who on the exterior seems like a very common and normal, regular person? It's a in really interesting way that you pose the question because the answer is in the question is that um, all human beings are all the same. Those people are all normal people. And I certainly get a kick out of uh, hanging out with the people who are the best at whatever they do because I'm trying to, like, you know, see if any of that will rub off on me. But it hasn't happened yet. But And that's in any field. But um, I don't know what to say. I guess that those all those people are totally normal people. And um, some of them I've known for a really long time. Somebody like Jack Dorsey I've known, believe it or not, on this circuit in this game for... 15 years or I don't know a long time David Blaine I've known for 20 years I mean and then um, you know somebody like Ye is took an interest in what I was doing and already you're talking about five ten years and then um, somebody like Jones who's just a normal regular person who has some common interests and uh, you know He'll be at a basketball game because he likes basketball and uh, wants to, you know, support people who uh, are trying to be the best that they could be at anything. So, you know, I, I also hang out with people who who aren't the, the big names like that. Is there a piece of advice that any have given you that has really been like an ethos or a motto or something that you've tried to emulate throughout your career? Sure. I mean, if we're working in the people that you just said, somebody like Ye, I mean, he's given me so much good advice um, because he's um, so dedicated to perfection in his crafts. And um, so he has a real moral authority, at least with me, about, you know, doing something that you care about, doing it really well. And also, he's a pretty good family man, in my opinion, who, uh, you know, is always basically prioritizing his his family. It's really incredible. So sometimes, you know, he was able to remind me about, you know, the order of operations in life. And so, I mean, any advice that he ever gave me was jewels for me and somebody like jones is just you know he's so dedicated to his training and his work 
that basically you can't not be inspired. And, you know, somebody like Jack Dorsey, who's been a entrepreneur for around as long as I've been and trying to, um, you know, trying to make his way through the business world. And obviously he did it. He's just a very ethical guy who uh, cares a lot about the not only the process and the work that he's doing, but the people around him. And it's always a pleasure to get to hear anything from him. And then the other person you mentioned was Blaine. He sort of created his own lane and he could have done a zillion different things to capitalize on it or make the most money or be the most famous or whatever it is. But he sort of had some fundamental things that are important to him in, in terms of how he wanted to pursue his art. And so he, he keeps going. So all these guys, what do they have in common? They're the best at what they do and they just keep going and they just keep innovating. And uh, I'm so grateful to uh, try to get a chance to get any knowledge or shortcuts or advice from them. And, you know, it turns out I checked there are no shortcuts but the advice is good but they try to give the advice to everybody I'm just a fan if you could trade jobs with anyone who would it be and why yeah this is going to be cliche and sound lame but I would just trade jobs with my wife and I would just hang out with my kids all day and you know go do every fun thing in the world with these kids before they grow up and become old like me you have such a crazy network and you've gotten to cross paths with so many different people. Who haven't you met that you find really interesting that you would love to have a meal with or just have a conversation with? I do read sometimes news and stuff like that. And I'm really fascinated by um, some of these scientists and like who are like sometimes like a paleontologists who are discovering... Um, ancient species or, or folks who are making discoveries in outer space or people who are making different discoveries related to like, uh, animal life and marine life, anybody who's, um, investigating and making breakthroughs of, you know, broader life and, uh, science is really fascinating to me. I don't know their names offhand, but I've been reading about, you know, planets being discovered. Like, who is it? Who who are these people who discovered that new Earth-like planet? I would love to have met them. But, you know, uh, these are not the kind of people that I would encounter with my, my little e-commerce website. But people like that, people who are doing big things. How do you define success? Success for me in business is if I could make this company work and be a you know, enduring, growing service that impacted a lot of people in the, in the, in the real world. That's success in business and success in life is sometimes, you know, it's just getting through, getting through it to some degree. But, um, if this is about success in business, it's about building something that's enduring. Well, well, thank you for the time. People want to learn more about fancy. Where do they go? www.fancy.com or you can hit me up joe at fancy.com j-o-e at fancy.com you just heard art of the hustle with fancy founder and ceo 
Joe Einhorn, presented by Emirates Airline. For more about Art of the Hustle, go to iHeartRadio.com slash Art of the Hustle. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.